Are you ready to experience something extraordinary? Cultural gems in Croatia, ancient temples in Asia, art in Italy. We'll take care of everything. Flights, accommodation, excursions, local guides and all that planning. Travel department, let's see more. Hello, I'm Conor Falkland and this is Driving Life. Welcome to episode 41, where I talk to Ruth Scott. Ruth has been a successful DJ on national radio for years, having begun as an early colleague of mine in AA Roadwatch. She's still on the air, but she's now also a humanist celebrant for weddings and funerals. She chats about her path in life, her humanism, and her happy marriage to Rob Morgan, son of the legendary Dermot Morgan. Before we join her, I'd like to take a moment to say a big thank you to our sponsors, Doro Mobile Phones and Expressway Buses. Two great companies in very different areas. They're very good to support us, so thank you very much. Don't forget to check out earlier episodes and other chats. It's all there on seniortimes.ie or wherever you get your podcasts. So now let's go and meet Ruth Scott. Hello, Ruth Scott. <laughs> Hello, Conor Fogden. It's wow. been a while. It has been a while. Yeah, yeah. We knew each other first 20 plus years ago. Yeah. You, you did uh, spend a little bit of time in AA Roadwatch before you yeah. headed off to better things. I had just finished college and I got the job in AA Roadwatch. Mm. And I honestly, I don't really think of your name without AA Roadwatch yeah, following I know, it. I know, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, you were, I remember you were such a genius slash I wouldn't say a chancer, but an, an element that sometimes at the last minute you could ask what's going on and you could have three sentences shouted at you as you ran into a studio and you could do the smoothest, there smoothest traffic reports. I moved on Hicksville from Roscommon. I didn't know what roads were where. And, you know, I was suddenly up in the chopper. That's right. Doing the chopper reports. Yeah. And you've one set of headphones so you can speak to the pilot and you've the other set of headphones so I could hear the live feed from the radio. Yeah. And the pilot would be shouting, because it's so loud, like it's unimaginably loud. Oh, I remember. Shouting yeah. at you going, that's the long mile road route. That's really busy. There's a crash there and such and such a spot. And then I had to try on my knee and write that down yeah. with the vibrations and the sound and then wait for the phone call to say, Ruth, we're going live in 30 seconds. And that then was, on you go on the next And then on radio. you go. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, I've told people that um, you don't appreciate it now because we have things like Google Maps and you can see aerial views and all that. But back in the day, when you first go up in a helicopter, oh. you would think you would know Dublin. You, you, you couldn't pick out the M50. You just have to. Well, can I just say I was under no illusions. I did not know Dublin. <laughs> the only bits of Dublin and you were, you know, the youngest of eight kids. You'd be driven up when you'd be dropping off a sister to yeah. her new digs. And, you know, she starts UC or whatever it was. That yeah. was... That was all I did not know. Do you know, we wind back a little bit because you wouldn't have been coming that up, up you wouldn't have been coming up that often to watch the Rossies in Croke Park. Oh, now. stop. Was... You're already getting a dick in. I know, I, I know, I know. <laughs> you're, you're a Roscommon uh, woman. I originally. am, I am. Yeah, born and raised. A tiny place originally called Elfin, mm -hmm. and which is a bit of notoriety. It is where Gabriel Byrne's family is ah, from, good, the, yeah. uh, the actor. And then we moved up to the sprawling metropolis of Roscommon Town. I have lovely memories of growing up there and go to school there and and yeah, a nice time there. And then you went to University of Limerick. Um, yes. Was it always kind of journalism? That sort of very, you, know, you had your rashers, what you were going to do. Oh my God, I hadn't a clue. And uh, do you know what? I had maybe notions about broadcasting because there was a, at the time 
a really well-known course in what they call communications, yeah. which is a sort of a coverall for people who want to work in the media but don't know exactly what they want. Yeah. And they were doing that in DCU. I said, oh, I'm going to put that down as my first choice. Yeah. And I remember talking to my cousin and she said, what have you done for your second choice? And so I put down, she said, I'm doing European studies in Limerick and it's brilliant. So I went, yeah, that sounds great. So okay. it was basically an arts degree. Yeah. And I did a focus on, I mean, quite by chance, not by design, but on European side of things. So there's a bit of European politics. Okay. Hated it. European economics. Hated it. European say, law. Hated, hated it. Like, it. It was, but I am the world's least academic person. So I got involved in the Radio Society when I was in Limerick at yeah. UL. So that was my saving grace. And I made some amazing friends who I'm still really close to. And you had a grow for it and you were always very good. I, I, so I remember when you joined the Royal Watch team and you were kind of very strong as a broadcaster. It was all brilliant. But you um, didn't stay long. I did. No, I did. You did, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, Jesus. And mm. you spent a long time uh, in 2FM. I did. And in fact, I left a Roadwatch to go back to Limerick because okay. at the time there was a, new, a brand new radio station opening and they wanted somebody, they wanted a female, they wanted yeah. to be somebody who was kind of familiar with Limerick. And I don't know, did they not look in Limerick? Or anyway, somebody came to me and I thought, brilliant, back to Limerick, yeah. fantastic. <laughs> so I went back for a year and lived in Limerick City Centre and worked in what was called the new 95 FM at the time. At the time. I think it's now called Live 95 right, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And really caught my teeth in the broadcasting. I had an yeah. amazing boss at the time. A lovely guy called Scott Williams who really... Oh, Scott Williams. Do you yeah, know yeah. Scott? Yes, yeah, of course, yeah. Lovely fellow. And he took the time. But listen, a long, uh, a long stint in 2FM mm. um, as a, a very successful DJ. Very I successful, Connor. I'm glad you mentioned well, that. you were. You know, I was, was good I, on the numbers. I was and... there for a long time. I did... Oh, my goodness. I did every shift imaginable from mm. pre-breakfast to breakfast. Um, I did afternoons, evenings, every version of nighttime hours, weekends... Yeah. And, you know, the most stressful of them all was it was the week Jerry Ryan had died and he was going to be buried on, I think, maybe the first, let's say it was a Friday. I did his show from the Tuesday until the Friday. Oh, Lord. And I remember my phone nearly blew up with the number of text messages that I was getting afterwards going, was that you filling in for Jerry Ryan? And the hardest part then was at the end of the week. Having to say, like, now we cross live to um, such and such a church yeah. where Jerry Ryan's funeral will be broadcast live on, on 2 of him. God, yeah, it was a huge incident. I huge, remember as well. Yeah, huge. Um, so you were ensconced in RTE, and yeah. you know, a, lot of, a lot of people stay ensconced. Yeah. For life, worse than me in the AA. <laughs> um, but it, it, you, I mean, 2FM does a fair bit of navel gazing, has a lot of competition out yeah. there, and yeah. from time to time stirs the pot. And yeah. I guess anybody in this industry knows that they, you know, you're 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 out. You're, yeah. Oh my god, you phrased that so nicely yeah. though. Navel gazing. Beside, it's always the seat beside the exit, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, and, yeah. And that's just the way. It oh, is. it is, and that's and you know what? Even unless as well, you're a football manager, there are a few positions that are worse. <laughs> <you know? laughs> but it's like every single person in there feels like you're only as good as your last show. Yeah. And then we talk about the JNLRs, which are the, you know, the number of people listening each, yeah. not even each day, each quarter hour. And these numbers used to be released twice a year and then mm. they became released four times a year. And it was like waiting for leaving starts results well, four times a year. the advertisers Bible, the investors Bible. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're one sort of hard metric that can demonstrate That's it. value. Yeah. But, you know, since we have moved to an element of digital broadcasting, that is much easier to calculate because you're actually 
physically able to count how many people clicked on the link and listened. Yeah. Radio was a bit more, what station did you listen to yesterday morning between 7 and 7.15? Yeah. So there is a bit of ups and downs, but at the same time, um, I found that, um, well, in my, in my later years there, I had a massive jump in listeners. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, about, it was, I think it was 2016, and about two days after the numbers had come out, and I was the only person whose numbers had gone up in yeah. Twitter. They'd gone up by 16,000 since the previous three months. And it was my birthday. And I had just had an engagement party the uh-huh. previous weekend. And I got called into the boss and he said, we're not renewing your contract. So yeah. that was that. And I had been there for years. Yeah. You know? And do you know the nature of the business? It can be it can be, yeah. brutal, it can be unapologetic. Um, I, I guess, I, I mean, I remember reading stuff you were saying, and I, I thought you... you you handle it very well. It's never been nice. <laughs> um, but the landscape was good in a sense because you went immediately into other work. I, mean, I, did, I didn't really though. But you 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 wound up in Radio Nova. But it took a while. There, right? It took okay. a while. So I spent a couple of months before the let's say I was officially gone yeah. because I still had a couple of months left on my contract. So I spent a few months going around looking to speak to radio station bosses saying. I'm just looking for a change. Would you have anything? Which was basically my way of covering up the fact that I was hustling for work because yeah. I was soon going to be out of it. So there really was none. Um, and, you know, I didn't go to every single radio station. Yeah. But I was looking around and I was kind of crumbling at the seams at the same time thinking like, what am I going to do well, now? It's not going to be great for anyone's confidence. Oh, yeah. Um, no matter what the context. Horrendous. Um, yeah. But all of a sudden then, um, I got a call from uh, Colm Hayes. Ah, yeah, yeah. Who actually was, I knew him from working in 2FM back when. Yeah. And he said, would you have any interest in coming to do some shifts in Radio Nova? Because he was the boss there at the time. Right. And uh, I was like, oh, I would. Trying not to say too keen, but I would have actually ripped the arm off him for the job. And then from the, you know, this is the thing about radio. You come in to do a couple of fill-ins. You come in to do a couple of holiday shifts. And then they're saying... And would you be available to do this? And would you be available to do that? And, and you slide on in. Yes, you know slide on in. And then you're ensconced and you're getting post delivered there, which is great. But then um, COVID came along and I had been working weekends. Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations. Think you're not smart enough to own a smartphone? Well, think again and think Doro. Doro phones are designed specially with the older person in mind. They're easy to use with louder sound and larger text. Plus numerous state-of-the-art features that don't compromise on performance or quality. To learn more about the full range of high-tech Doro phones, visit doro.ie. Doro phones. Make friends with innovation. I was going to talk to you about COVID. Yeah. That was a huge gear shift in your life too, oh, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Um, now listen, it was for us all. What a period. Mm. What a period. Mm. Um, but one of the things that's fascinating about you, and it, like the broadcasting career was going on, um, and I know you were successful in Nova, in classic hits now. Yeah. Um, so between the jigs and the reels, you've been you know, employed, employed yeah. behind the microphone for uh, um, taught up the years. God, don't oh, want it. Let's not. not. Um, <laughs> But COVID comes along, yeah. and one of the things you did was you um, be- became qualified as a humanist celibate. Yeah. Uh, totally and different strand yeah. to life. 
And this is something that's been sort of bubbling for a long time because I knew by the age of about 15 or 16, I was an atheist, which right. as the smallest of eight, or the youngest of eight children brought up in a very, you know, Catholic upbringing was fairly unusual. Mm. Um, and then... Your siblings, the same? Was it a no, my siblings Well, there was kind of rosaries thrown around when we were very young, but there was yeah. always mass on a Sunday and a holy day and, ah, you know, that kind of crack. So... Not utterly devout, but there would have been a very much a respectful nod too. But I remember when I was in my 20s, um, speaking with a friend of mine, married a French woman. She was telling me about graveyards in France and how they're divided into, you know, the people of the Jewish faith go here and the people who are Catholic go here. And the people who have no faith, you know, no, not associated with an organized religion, they go in this corner. And in my head, I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I said to one of my sisters, I said, that's it now. I'm an atheist. Stick no more church there. things for me. Well, she said to me, what are we supposed to do with you when you die? <laughs> and I hadn't fully connected the conversation about the French graveyards, as it were, yeah. with the what do you do when somebody who's an atheist dies? So I, I looked into it and I saw the humanists were doing it. And for years, I've been interested in it. Okay. And I thought, this is something I want to do. Like, radio is lovely. But I thought this would be lovely to be able to do something that people would you yeah. know, really want and maybe find difficult to access. And so you have to be a member of the Humanist Association for a couple of years. And it was purely at the start of COVID that they said yeah. we're taking applications for training interviews. Do you know, do you know uh, um, as I'm sorry, Humanist strikes me as slightly wonky. Um, <laughs> slightly wonky. Uh, not that I've, you know, I've anything against it, but I, I understand completely being a full atheist. Uh, mm. You know, the, 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 there is nothing there. So yeah. I don't believe in Zeus and I, I don't believe in, in, yeah. in, in yeah. Christian God either. Yeah. Um, but humanism then seems to sort of mimic the ceremonies and the solemnities that, that we yeah. use religious festivals for. And it absolutely does. And do you know what? It's actually really important that it does. And this is, again, me mentioning that I'm the youngest of eight. We always gathered when there were confirmations, yeah. baptisms, communions, weddings, and they were all based around religious events. And so for me as an atheist opting out, I suddenly thought, well, it wasn't going to be that I wasn't going, going to go into churches for these things. Yeah. But I didn't want to have them myself. So I thought... You know, people who aren't religious are allowed to and should be embracing rituals mm. without necessarily having the, the the influence of a church on them if, if that's what they yeah. want or don't want. And so that's why, yeah, we do. We and I, and I don't like saying it, but like when I talk to couples who are getting married and yeah. they're trying to picture in their head a humanist wedding ceremony, I sometimes, now don't quote me on this, it's not like we're recording a podcast, really, like but I would say... You know, picture the outline of a mass. It starts, there's a welcome, there's an introduction, yeah. there's some music, there's some readings, and then there's the legal vows and declarations. Then there's another, you know, nice reflection, closing music, and you're done. Yeah. Uh, similarly with a the funeral, there's a structure to it. Yeah. And I think at times like that for funerals, weddings, namings, it's really important to gather. The, the importance of ritual just cannot be understated. Well, humans have always found comfort in it, all cultures, yeah. all, all, all times. Yeah. Um, so start of COVID, you're going to act on this humanist influence. Yeah. Oh, um, like, you, you get on to them and say... Yeah, so Sign I have been a full-blown member. I had volunteered, because, you know, they like people to engage. Yeah. I had volunteered at so many things. So I made sure I had done plenty of that. Then COVID came along. I got, because I was a member, I got the email saying, we're now looking for applications. Well, I <laughs> nearly passed out with the excitement. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah I really, really did. Wanted to do it. Oh my God. Like, 
this was for me, this was going to be the biggest thing I would ever have really wanted to do. In fact, I think it might be the only thing in life I ever aimed to achieve. Well, there you go, because like, we wind up drifting into things. Yeah, like I started, along the way. I fell into radio and I fell into TV and I fell into doing bits and bobs here and there. And But with the ceremonies, I was like, I'd say I drove my husband to distraction. <laughs> So when it came about, sent in my application. Now, having worked in radio for 20-something years, you don't have to apply for jobs. You, there's a really weird structure where, you know, if a radio station wants to hire you, you have a chat, an informal yeah, chat. Yeah, exactly. Whereas I had to get my head into the, I am applying for a job, essentially. So then we had the interview, which was done over Zoom. And As everything was. Yeah, so yeah. it was pajama bottoms and a blazer. <laughs> and um, then I got my place. And then we had to do the training. And we were trained, there's 10 of us, a super group. And we were trained by a guy from the Scottish Humanists. And uh, he came over and trained us up. You know, we did the baby naming training on Zoom. If you think about it, there's a lot of choreography in terms of making sure that the key members are in the right place and making sure that the couple are comfortable and that if you know where you want them to stand. And and presentation skills, you know, in any gathering, whether it's a wedding or anything else, uh, when a speaker or an MC opens their mouth, you you know within a couple of seconds whether you've got to feel comfortable in their hands. And if not, it can be excruciating. Oh, yeah. God yeah. help us. <laughs> so, do you know, I suppose, well, I was going to say I'm lucky because I worked in radio for over 20 years, but I worked hard in radio yeah. over 20 years. So now I get to use that skill set for the ceremonies that I do. Well, how, how many How many do you do then? Um, so last year, I just started um, in about January of 2022, and I did about 65 weddings, about three or four funerals and about 10 baby namings. Wow. And last year was hell for leather because the COVID restrictions had just lifted. Yeah. There was an enormous backlog. I, Me and my other nine classmates, we could barely keep up with the demand. And bear in mind, there's already about 30 celebrants, humanist celebrants who were Locking able to do these. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, big and, demand. Oh, big, big demand. demand. And, you know, there's an element of catching up after COVID, but also I think after COVID, and I, I've heard someone I know who has a great faith and they said they felt very let down by the church during COVID that there just wasn't enough done for them. Yeah. So... Are they, you know, they tried as hard as I know. else, maybe. Ruth, ah, sure, know. I know. But I suppose all you need is for somebody to feel suddenly disconnected and then they have options to go yeah. elsewhere. So, you know, and there's a big social movement, obviously, as well. I mean, in years gone by, the most atheistic couple... Nowadays, your your atheists are out of the closet, so to speak. Yeah, there's no particular social pressure to do the church thing. Yeah, um, so you would think big natural demand. Yeah, and I suppose some people still are attached to the church. Yeah, you know, yeah. quite rightly, that's their well, faith. They love the, they ritual, belong. the tradition. Yeah. That, yeah, and then other people say to me, "Not really into the church. Not really feeling very religious." And the thing about a humanist wedding, for instance, is. Yeah. There's three kinds of weddings in Ireland. You can have one done by a HSE celebrant. Okay. You can have one done by one of the religious orders, which is everything from Catholic, Protestant, Lutheran, Church of yeah. the Latter-day, uh, Paganists, Spiritualists. They're all under religious. Mm. And then the humanists. And I think there's 51 of us now. We are the only 51 people who are able to do right. fully secular ceremonies. Right, um, and the the registry office of old. We got married in the registry office. Did you? Did, yeah, See now that the registrar could come out to you. 
yeah. you know, certain days of the week, or you could have had me doing your wedding in yeah. City Hall, or it's, it's, a, it's, it's a, phrase, a place, a place of appropriate solemnity. I mean, was that to guard against? Yeah, I don't know what it was guarding against. Too much excitement on your wedding day. Yeah, that seems yeah, a bit yeah. sad, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I suppose to some degree, look, a wedding is a serious contract. Yeah. A marriage is a serious yeah. contract. You're making legal commitments to each other. Yeah. Um, and you know, should be marked with an appropriate degree of gravitas, rather than drive through Las Vegas. Stuff, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do know couples who've got married in Vegas, though, and it sounds and, to what, be What's the maddest request you would do? Do anybody want you to dress up as Elvis, or do, uh, do they, are there any truly crazy ones? Not yet. Yeah. I, I've no doubt that with time, those requests <laughs> will come in. We have heard of uh, somebody who looked to get married in the middle aisle in um, a German supermarket, shall oh, we say. Very good. And very good. Yeah, and because you can get, let's say, a humanist can conduct a wedding ceremony in a place that's typically open to the public, so not only have you hotels, office buildings, you also have supermarkets, petrol <laughs> stations, coffee shops. So people could, if they want now, they'd have to run it by there. Don't all turn yeah. up now at, at, you know, at your local Lidl trying to get married because Ruth yeah. Scott said you could. But, you know, these are places people can get married. And I suppose as well, it gives them the choice of if they don't want to have the huge 200 person, 300 person yeah. wedding, they can do it. You know, you can get a nice small room in a restaurant, in a hotel, yeah. Something like you that. Know, in years gone by, people would say that they're going to get married in Rome. Yeah. Uh, which on the face of it was a pious Catholic thing to do. Yeah. But actually meant you had no interest doing the big giant family thing. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. And, and I get, and I meet so many couples that say we're really intensely uncomfortable with the idea of being the centre of attention on the day. Mm-hmm. And I get it. And then I, I do say to them though, but you do know the whole day is about you. Yeah. So I say, like, let's start the ceremony off in the tone that you want, because we want yeah. you to be comfortable. And could be, listen, get married in your wellies if you want. Oh, you could. Yeah. Oh, I've had that. <laughs> really? I have, yeah. yeah. And actually, I did marry one lovely couple, and um, she was of agricultural stock. Right. And we included this, they chose to include this thing called a hand fasting, which was actually used in ancient Celtic times. Was that the one it was, it was, it was taken off in Game of Thrones, but it actually was, oh. you know, when you wind a ribbon around yeah, the two is, hands Is it terrible to say like, I never watched Game of Thrones? Ah, Ruth. A human I, watched, I watched the first episode, and I thought, is he doing that to her? Are they not related? So I kind of had to give up at that point. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. No, you, you did have to steal yourself. Yeah, no, so I, but, I, but great that wasn't my thing. But yeah, hand fasting from old, quite actually from old Celtic Ireland, and yeah. it's where the phrase tie the knot came from so it's a symbolic gesture now there's nothing legally binding to it but um one particular woman in her wellies and she had brought uh, baling twine yeah. the hand fasting so there was nice bright pink baling twine and there was nice bright blue baling twine and that's what you know you get to personalize the wedding in the way that you want it's it's, it's very different and I, I totally appreciate a humanist wedding has, it's about the couple and there's no, there's no sort of quote-unquote higher powers. There's yeah, no sacred yeah, text. Yeah. And so if the couple wants something that's a little bit more fun in spots... Well, you know, even in religious funerals these days, you'll have, you know, um, uh, always look on the bright side yeah. of life being played as a couple. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I think we're, we're, we're humanising those yeah. ceremonies, even, even yeah. in religious uh, settings. I heard one days. recently where they played the theme tune to um, Only Fools and Horses at the end. Uh, and the priest said, and this is the final piece of music requested by the deceased, and it was, no, that, no, red, no, the out. <laughs> God, yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, you know, maybe that's, that's, that's healthier, more open. And your own wedding then, you, yeah. you, you, you married uh, Dermot Morgan's son. Yes. So when I started going out with them, yeah. I, to much hilarity, went home and told my family, my new boyfriend's dad is a Catholic priest. 
which was kind of funny at the time. And then I was like, oh, he's actually just, you know, yeah. Met him through the radio. Really? He rang in to play a competition. Oh, is that right? I like to say he won me. He says I was third prize. Wow. So you, he, he was he was one of your stalking fans. Who yeah, actually yeah, yeah. Maybe let's not use that word though. Because yeah. I, I I was I had a bit of look and uh, I I heard there was a Father Ted quiz. Was he doing a fundraiser yes, or something? Yes, he like was that. doing a fundraiser Father Ted quiz. He had lost a competition on the radio. We sent him out like a rubbish compilation CD as a yeah. thanks for playing. Sorry, signed photo. <laughs> And he messaged myself and my, my co-host at the time, Paddy McKenna from Leitrim. And uh, he said, oh, thanks. I got my prize. And well, at the time, this was before there was a lot of social media. Yeah. And it was only then when I saw his Facebook profile picture. And I went, oh, he's very handsome, isn't he? Oh, there you go. And then we just started well, chatting on Facebook. better look there yeah. he's as handsome as that. So I went into his table quiz and then I married him. Yeah. Not immediately, obviously. You know, not, not immediately. <laughs> yeah. No, he wasn't like first prize on the night. No, You didn't no. win a raffle. No, God, no. no. Uh, but you're together, what? Ten years, nearly. Yeah. That's very good. Very Ten good. years, so we're married. Um, and what does he do? He's not in... He, no, he's not. It's so funny because um, he and his two brothers are all in what I like to call spreadsheet jobs, you know, oh, right, yeah. stuff that I don't really know what they do. But, but you know, it's funny because yeah. he always says his dad would probably almost, not quite, but balk at the idea of, you know, this liberal comedian having three sons who all have sensible suit-wearing yeah, office I jobs. Um, well, there you go, they're rebelling back against it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so classic hits at the moment. Yeah. Um, it, that seems to me like an enjoyable stage. It's lovely. And again, you know, they're a sister station to Radio Nova. And uh, they just said, have you any interest in doing weeknights? And I said, of course. And, the, and, so, there, you go. and there I go. Yeah. And like I have to, I do love doing a bit of radio and I love it when I don't feel enormous pressure. Um, like, well, there's that. But, yeah. Because is, is the, the, the humanist stuff, is that, I mean, you were describing something like 80 events last year. Yeah. It's one every couple of days. So. Yeah. And, and, and it depends because you'll have a glut during the summer of, course, of the weddings. Yeah. And then the rest of the time you're like, oh, I can breathe. And are you on Classic Hits year round? I'm on Classic Hits year round, yeah. So right. I do Monday to Thursday night and, and then Sunday nights as well. Yeah. But it's Can't be like me. an RT presenter and take like four months off. <sighs> like, <Yeah>. honestly. <laughs> on, no. So no, there's none of that. No. But, you know, they're really nice people to work for. Mm. And I do like to say that, the, you know, the Colin Hayes as my manager has been the nicest manager I have ever experienced. Oh, that's lovely. Do yeah. you know, and it's nice to think after 20-something years in radio that, you know, I have a nice manager again. I had one at the start well, in Limerick do, and do you know, now it's, one. <laughs> it, 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 it's nice to be nice. I mean, when we first met, we had a mutual colleague, Ian McKeever. Do you remember Ian? Oh, I do. Yeah. Poor old Ian McKeever. Wonderful memories of him. I have a memory, I think we all wound up down in Mount Juliet at some sort of corporate golf. Yeah. Actually. You were there and Ian was there. Yeah. And, uh, my wife Lorraine was there. She I remember. Do you know, I think I have pictures of us all there. Yeah, I know. And um, then poor Ian McKeever, he was with a he he got he, he, he was he was taking a group of youngsters up Mount Kilimanjaro in Africa on a yeah. hike on a hike. Yeah. And um, was struck by lightning, literally struck by lightning, That's passed away. I had only been in Killy a couple of years before that. Yeah. And it's just bizarre to think that like the element you're you're fairly exposed to the elements, but it's not the kind of mountain you climb needing equipment or breathing apparatus. You don't expect it. So it was you just the most unfortunate. Yeah. He was gas. The one thing I remember about Ian McKeever was he would often he'd come in into the office in Suffolk Street and he'd say, I lost my phone. And we'd say, Where did it go? He'd say, 
I put it on the roof of the car and I forgot yeah, about yeah. it and I drove off. He was the most. He was so scatterbrained. Scat- so yeah, scatterbrained. Yeah. I, I think yeah. he got clamped a dozen times or something. Oh, and he was God, ridiculous. He was um, yeah. So, and I, 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 I don't remember you were being a humanist, but I remember no. you being a very human person in the in those mm-hmm. days. Um, you were telling me that during COVID, you you struck up a friendship with one of the one of the neighbours. One of my lovely kind of, neighbours. Yeah. yeah. It just, do you know when that announcement came, like you probably remember that visceral reaction of the country is closing down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that gut wrench of what, what's going on? We've never experienced this. Mm. Not even in war times would they have been told. So I remember messaging because I do the flipping Residents Association. So <laughs> I sent, the, there's only about 25 houses in our little square. So I sent them all a message saying, um, I'm fine. Anybody need any messages? I'm going out. And then I said, anybody want to go outside for a socially distanced coffee? Yeah. And one of my lovely neighbours who is in her early 70s and my God, she's a brilliant woman. She said, yeah, sure, come on. And pretty much every day yeah. we would stand out and chat in the rain just yeah. for a bit of, you know, bit of company. But yeah. just you sort of new, new and deep friendships forged. It wasn't all bad COVID, I guess. In that no. Sense. And, you know, we were very lucky. We happened to have um, a converted attic. So Rob was able to work from up there with a bit of space. Yeah. And I was quite sure I loved, I'm quite besotted with the man. That's why I married him. <laughs> but I loved having him around. And, and you come out of that period, um, sort of chrysalis-like. Yeah. You're, 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 and you're, you're, Straight you're, into all the ceremony yeah. side of things. Well, you seem to be thoroughly enjoying it, Ruth. And you, know, you look I fantastic on it. Yes, that's very much. <laughs> Do you know, I love it. It's I, I spent enough time working on radio been all ego driven like this is all about me and, yeah. and that is part of the radio business as well, well. it's, it's a giant popularity it, contest mm. so now I get to you know help couples who want to get married or have a baby naming or have a funeral like to, to be able to conduct a funeral for somebody who has requested you know a secular funeral is it's really isn't it? it it's, really is yeah. and so if people want to get hold of you Ruth Oh, sure. Look at I'm every, you would know where right. you'd find me. But So if people want to avoid you, yes. <laughs> you can. Uh, so I'm on Instagram, Ruth Scott Ceremonies. Um, I'm also Ruth Scott Ceremonies at gmail.com. And then, you know, if you're ever having a look at uh, the Humanist website, you'll see about lots of great celebrants there and a little and bit more. And I'm listed and uh, I am what I what they call a registered solemnizer, which is a fancy way of saying I can legally marry the couple. Yeah, but you know, you. even if you're interested in humanism, the thing about a human, sorry if you're banging on about the human yeah, side yeah. of things, it's really welcoming. And I always, in every ceremony, I always say humanism acknowledges that there are people of different faiths and no faiths. And so this is a welcoming space and everyone is welcome. So whether it's a celebration or a sad occasion, you know, everyone is welcome to the space and everyone can feel included. Yeah. Well, listen, that's a wonderful theme. Um, so fantastic, Ruth. Thanks a million for dropping by. It's been great to see you. And the yeah. Alcopa decaf tea was perfect. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> uh, um, yes, so I, 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 I hope you enjoy the facilities. <laughs> Do you know, it's been lovely to get to chat to you. This it has been has, the longest yeah. I've chatted to you in... 20 years. Yeah, I know, because we do pass each other by. We yeah. bump into each other from time to time. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, to actually sit down and chat is great. Yeah, it's lovely. Because you do see some of the other A Roadwatch heads popping up along the way as well. Ah, yeah, so. there's a few of them that I'm in touch yeah. with. We're all kind of shipmates in that sense. Yeah. Um, well, I'm delighted that you're doing this. This is brilliant. And it's really nice to get to chat to you. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Well, listen, Ruth Scott, we shall turn off the mic. And uh, listen, thank you very much for the conversation. Great to chat. Thank you.
So that's Ruth Scott. I hope you enjoyed the chat. Let me know if you have any thoughts on the podcasts. Get in touch on connorfalknan at gmail.com. Do remember that you can access the full Driving Life archive of previous episodes at seniortimes.ie. Thanks again to Doro Mobile Phones and to Expressway Buses. And we're done. Drive safely, live happily, and come back and see us again. And will phone poke a new wet, and will knappy no fum nis orge wet. Nis eskalehusaj, faker no phone in takata gwin, on show, egg daro. An von klishte is dani, gidi gohan la hai glinna, agus taskina. Tarod egen, gogachtina. Tanismo olis, egg, daro.com.